I'm standing here in the middle of the store trying to ask for help. In my mind, I know exactly what I want to say, but it's as if there's a disconnect between my thoughts and my voice. I'm speaking, or at least I think I am, but my words come out as whispers, barely audible even to my own ears. My frustration escalates as I desperately attempt to project my voice, to push the words out louder, but it's like pushing against a wall that won't budge. I can sense the impatience in the clerk's eyes, and with each request he makes for me to repeat myself, my anxiety climbs. I am trying so hard but my body just won't cooperate. It's another busy day at the store and I'm doing my best to help everyone who comes in line. Then I notice someone trying to get my attention. They're speaking, but I can't make out the words. I'm sorry, sir. Could you repeat that? I ask once, twice, three times. Each time, his voice seems to fade into the background noise, not clearer or louder. I can see the effort in his face, the strain as he tries to say what he needs. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to be rude. I want to help, but I'm at a loss because I feel helpless. The line behind him grows, and I wish I knew how to make this easier for both of us. This is the reality for many individuals with Parkinson's disease and the people they interact with daily. Let's dive into how early speech therapy can bridge this gap, opening channels of communication and understanding. Join us in today's episode as we explore empowering strategies and stories of resilience. Welcome to the Listen for Life podcast with Genevieve Richardson. Genevieve is a speech-language pathologist rehabilitating adults with communication challenges after a stroke or due to a neurological impairment. Get equipped with knowledge from experts in the field and professionals you need to know. We'll hear stories and experiences from others who are navigating life with aphasia. So put your earphones in and take a walk outside. This isn't just a podcast. This is a community, a resource, and a support system. We're in this together. Do life. Welcome, welcome to today's episode. I know you're wondering, why are we talking about Parkinson's today when we usually talk about aphasia or something related to aphasia? Well, we're going to pivot to Parkinson's today because Parkinson's disease has an impact on communication. And the reason is simple. Communication and connection are the core mission of us at Life Speech Pathology. We want to help others understand and navigate the complexities of communication, no matter the cause. So let's make a comparison. Let's talk about aphasia, which is a language disorder, and Parkinson's disease. While each has distinct origins, they converge at one crucial point. They both profoundly affect an individual's ability to communicate. Aphasia disrupts language processing, 
challenging one's ability to express and understand language due to stroke or brain injury. Parkinson's disease, on the other hand, impairs movement, including the fine motor skills essential for speech, and that leads to symptoms like reduced voice loudness, monotone pitch, and slurred speech. Despite these differences, people with either condition encounter similar obstacles, maintaining connections with loved ones, and engaging with the world around them. This episode is for everyone, whether you're living with Parkinson's disease or you know someone who is, or you may just be here to learn and good for you. Gaining insight into how Parkinson's impacts communication will explore the transformative role of early speech therapy interventions in improving life quality and preserving essential connection. Early speech therapy is vital for those newly diagnosed with Parkinson's, aiming to significantly improve communication challenges early, anticipating them, setting up the environment for success, are all goals of early intervention. Today, we will talk about these interventions, about offering hope, enhancing communication skills, and strengthening social bonds. So let's jump in. Let's understand Parkinson's and its impact on communication. So first off, Parkinson's disease is a neurological disorder that progresses over time, and it affects movement in ways that can change daily life. It's caused by a decrease in dopamine, a chemical in the brain that helps control movement and coordination. As Parkinson's develops, it brings a variety of symptoms that can vary widely among individuals. So let's talk about symptoms. I'm limiting these symptoms. Uh, We're focusing, of course, on the communication impact of Parkinson's disease. I might mention some other things, but we're here to talk about communication. So let's talk about motor symptoms, motor muscle. That's how I want you to think of that. These are symptoms most commonly associated with Parkinson's. The person may have tremors or shaking where their hand or arm shake, but not always. There can be slowness of movement. There can be stiffness of muscle movement and balance problems. These symptoms can start gradually, sometimes with barely a noticeable tremor in just one hand. Non-muscle symptoms. Parkinson's also brings challenges that may not be directly related to movement. They could have sleep disturbances, mood changes like depression or anxiety, cognitive changes, They can also have body changes like changes in blood pressure or issues with digestion. Who knew, right? How does Parkinson's get diagnosed? Diagnosing Parkinson's involves a careful medical history and a neurological examination. There is no single test for Parkinson's, so diagnosis can be complex and often involves ruling out other conditions. Neurologists may use a combination of symptom assessment 
and response to Parkinson's medication, sometimes imaging tests of the brain to help make a diagnosis. Living with Parkinson's is a journey that is unique to each individual. While there is currently no cure, there are effective treatments available that can significantly improve symptoms and quality of life. Management of these symptoms often includes medication to manage symptoms along with physical, occupational therapy, and speech-language pathology treatments. One key part of this journey is the power of early intervention, especially when it comes to speech and communication challenges. Starting speech therapy early can make a substantial difference in how individuals with Parkinson's maintain their ability to communicate, to connect with others, and stay active in their communities. So how exactly does Parkinson's affect communication? When we talk about Parkinson's, it's crucial to understand how it impacts communication. The aspects can impact the ability of the individual to connect and engage with the world around them. So here's some terms for you that you may hear related to Parkinson's. Dysarthria. This is a motor speech disorder, motor muscle, right? So it's a muscle speech disorder that many people with Parkinson's experience. It happens because the muscles used for speech are weak or are difficult to control. Someone with dysarthria may speak softly or in a monotone voice. They may slur their words or they may speak too fast or too slowly. This can make it challenging for them to be understood by others, which can lead to frustration and sometimes social isolation. We talk about isolation a lot with the aphasia community. It is no less true than with the Parkinson's community. Reduced vocal loudness is another symptom. This can be called hypophonia, hypophonia. This reduction isn't just about volume. It's about the effort it takes to speak loudly enough to be heard. When we speak, it's not just our breathing through our nose or our mouth or what we do with our vocal cords. It's your whole respiration system. It's how you fill up your lungs. It's how you use your diaphragm for support. All of these muscle systems have to work together for you to have a loud voice, not just a loud voice, a normal voice. So many individuals with Parkinson's don't realize their voice has become softer because it happens gradually. It happens over time. I've worked with dozens and dozens of clients over the years who used to blame their grandchildren that it was their grandchildren's problem that they couldn't be understood, that there must be something wrong with their grandson or granddaughter's hearing because they're speaking just fine. That sounds funny, doesn't it? But it's a common occurrence because your speech muscles, think about your muscles as getting rigid over time, that you don't, you may not see a change from day to day. But over the course of weeks or months, your speech will often get softer when you have Parkinson's disease. Let's move on to speech clarity. This is another primary symptom, speech symptom when someone has Parkinson's. 
So along with changes in loudness and being monotone, speech clarity can also be affected. How you articulate, how you get your lips and tongue into the right spots, how you position your jaw for speech further complicates how speech sounds. And it requires all of these conditions with speech requires the listener, whoever that listener is, to have to pay more attention, ask for clarification, ask for repetition, which can be exhausting for both parties. These communication challenges are not just about the physical act of speaking. They touch on the very essence of human interaction, our ability to express thoughts, emotions, and needs. Addressing these issues early with speech therapy can help equip individuals with strategies and techniques to improve and maintain their social interactions. By focusing on exercises that strengthen speech muscles, working on communication strategies, eye contact, environmental supports like speaking in a quieter place, doing things earlier in the morning or timing it with medication, you know, taking of the Parkinson's medication when you're functioning at your best. This is all strategy and it's not intuitive for the person or family who have to live with Parkinson's because you have other things going on, right? You're not going to be able to take those 10 steps back and understand what needs to change about speech. Your spouse has Parkinson's. Maybe you think they're doing it on purpose. Maybe you think they're just not paying attention and they can do so much better. Maybe that's the case, but it's highly unlikely. This has to do with the muscle control. It has to do with rigidity over time. So we, by addressing the speech changes with Parkinson's early, doing some initial training, educating the spouse and the family about Parkinson's and what to, what to expect, what communication strategies to put in place, we can help avoid this future isolation. Knowledge is power. So that's why we're talking about early intervention today. But I want to move on and talk about Joe. I have two examples for you. So Joe is a retired pastor whose life was connecting with people through words. He was diagnosed with Parkinson's three years ago, and he faced some tough challenges. Not only was he experiencing overall physical changes, where he had a really stiff gait and he had to be very careful about picking up his feet when he was walking or being on uneven surfaces, his voice changed too. His voice that once was clear and strong. There were times that he said early in his career, he didn't need a microphone. He was able to project his voice and be heard at the back of the church. But with time, Joe's voice, due to Parkinson's, started to fade to a whisper. This wasn't just a problem at home talking to his wife, who also, by the way, had trouble hearing, a legit trouble hearing. She needed hearing aids. But it also started his, affecting his volunteer work and his ability to chat with church members when he attended church now on the weekends. 
he was having a hard time connecting with the people that he served for so many years. So Joe was at a crossroads. Talking was such a big part of who he is and how he contributes to his community. When his speech got to the point where volunteering seemed like it just might be impossible, he knew something had to change. So he decided to follow his neurologist's advice and give speech pathology treatment a shot. And guess what? What a world of difference it made. Joe sought a speech pathologist who was trained in not one, but two evidence-based practice. It's evidence, EBP, evidence-based practice, where she had been trained in these two different methods that were shown to be effective for improving the speech of folks with Parkinson's. So now Joe, after doing just a few weeks of treatment, he is louder. He was able to continue his volunteering work. And it's not to say that Joe is cured because we know that Parkinson's is a progressive condition, but he can use strategies. He learned how to make the most of the muscle function he did have, how to maximize his speech. Plus, he learned about strategies. You heard me talk about managing the environment. This is a big thing in the aphasia community. Being with less people at a time, being in a quieter space, having big conversations or activities when you're feeling at your best, not when you're tired. So Joe's success story really shows the impact of taking early action. With the right help and a bit of determination, he managed to turn things around. And it's a great reminder for anyone facing similar challenges. You are not alone. There is help out there. So get early help for speech. Now let's talk about Alan. So Alan is a 70-year-old retired dentist who started noticing his walking wasn't quite the same. And he noticed that his wife, and she noticed too, because they started to bicker about it, is that she had to ask him all the time to repeat himself because she just couldn't understand him. She would get so mad at him thinking that, you know, he was doing it on purpose. He would mumble and turn away when he's talking to her. And she had to chase him down to figure out what he was saying. So at their next doctor's appointment, they went together and talked to his primary care, who then suggested that he seek out a neurologist to get to the bottom of why he was having these symptoms. The neurologist didn't just give him a diagnosis and send him on his way. She gave him some education about Parkinson's, got him hooked up with a physical therapy clinic that was very knowledgeable and experienced in treating Parkinson's disease. And then she sent him to a speech pathology private practice who also had lots of experience with treating Parkinson's disease. And so Alan and his wife were appreciative of this advice and they jumped right into therapy. So two years later, Alan, after having gone through this initial treatment, his life looks pretty awesome despite having Parkinson's. He still hits the golf course every week. He hangs out with his friends. He takes long walks with his dog and he travels. 
Even traveling is still on his agenda. How? He got a handle on his Parkinson's. He works with a neurologist that specializes in Parkinson's. They stay on top of his medication, any new symptoms that pop up. He gets tune-ups when he needs them with physical therapy and speech pathology. He and his wife know what to look for to see if he needs the next level of strategies or just to revisit some therapy techniques to make sure they stay top of mind so he can maintain his function for as long as possible. Alan's story is a real eye-opener. It shows that the right approach with Parkinson's doesn't have to put a stop to the things you love. Early action, it's a game changer. So what's the science behind early intervention? So that's what I wanted to look at because it's not just these stories, right? Stories are impactful, but let's look at the science. So there's two primary programs out there for speech therapy that addresses the speech changes with Parkinson's. That is LSVT Loud and Speak Out. These therapies are not merely exercises. They are evidence-based approaches, meaning there's research to back them up, that are designed to address the unique challenges presented by Parkinson's. So LSVT Loud focuses on amplifying your vocal loudness in a healthy manner by training the person how to both listen to themselves and calibrate with how their speech is coming out. Remember, I gave you the example a little bit ago about how this gentleman was thinking it was his grandkids that had this hearing problem, and that's why they couldn't hear him, not that it was his problem. So the key component behind LSVT Loud is training the person with Parkinson's to hear themselves accurately. We call it calibration, and it's a very important component of the treatment method. So the beauty behind LSVT Loud is they have a very specific protocol a speech pathologist follow, and you achieve a louder voice, you are calibrated, and you can carry that doing any of the activities that you want to do. This LSVT Loud reinforces the brain's pathways associated with speech. So let's contrast. It's not really a contrast, but another approach is the Parkinson's Voice Project Speak Out. Speak Out is the name of the licensure program that a speech pathologist will go through. It emphasizes the concept of speaking with intention. It aims to improve speech clarity by uh, encouraging the patients to articulate the words very deliberately. Right now, I am speaking very deliberately. I've slowed down a little bit. I am moving my mouth more than I normally would. I'm being very purposeful. This is just one example of how the person with Parkinson's is trained in the Speak Out program. And what participants find is that they experience notable enhancements in both speech volume and clarity. This approach empowers in individuals to communicate more effectively, reducing the need for repetition, 
and enhancing their overall interaction quality. Again, communication and connection. This is what treatment for Parkinson's is about. The principle underlying, underlying both LSBT and Speak Out programs is early intervention. We have to get at the onset of these symptoms. If your voice starts fading, we need to get on it because if we can teach the strategies, if we can get that early calibration, we can get that early buy-in of your family and loved ones around you, we can set you up for success. It's much easier to do that early than it is to do it later on in the process when you're having to overcome perhaps more stiffness, more rigidity. Let's do it early. So the evidence strongly supports the value of early intervention using either one of these techniques, but it also is about practice. We have to practice when you have a progressive disease, you have to practice because the body is going to change over time. So next part of this episode, we're gonna talk about supporting loved ones. For families or caregivers, if you are interacting with someone with Parkinson's disease, there are some foundational tips you need to know. First, encourage the use of speech therapy techniques at home. Encourage it. Say, wow, Joe, that sounded really good. Your voice was really strong. Giving that encouragement, helping to reinforce that calibration. Like, oh, I didn't hear you very well right there. Can you say it again? Create a communication-friendly environment by turning off the TV if you're gonna, or muting the TV when you're gonna have a conversation. Make sure you're face-to-face. None of this turning away, you know, walking away and talking. Not good, it's not successful, and it causes frustration. Use simple, clear questions and allow extra time for responses. And try not to rush the person who is speaking. Celebrate progress, no matter how small. Positive reinforcement can boost confidence and motivation. The goal is to maintain as much independence and dignity in communication as possible. Using these strategies and tools in daily life and therapy, the person with Parkinson's can improve their ability to connect and communicate with those around them. So how do you find the right speech pathologist to help you improve your speech when you have Parkinson's? Because not all speech pathologists are trained in it. So let me give you a little background. LSVT Loud is a certification program. It is a rigorous training program. I want to say it's something like 16 hours of initial education Plus, we have to recertify on a regular basis by taking continuing education, specifically in that treatment method. In contrast, Speak Out is a license. Again, they have a very intensive training program for speech pathologists, and you have to renew that license every year, participate in ongoing continuing education to maintain that license. I will link in the show notes links to both LSVT Loud and Speak Out where you can directly look for providers. A caveat to this, you 
don't always have to travel to a speech pathologist that is certified or licensed in these techniques. Some providers do this online through telepractice. So you don't always have to settle for the person that is closest to you geographically. I encourage you to book a consultation with a couple different speech pathologists, find out their philosophy, find out about their success and what to expect, and then go with the person that fits with you. Telepractice is a game changer, but I will also give you another caveat. Tele working on speech, on speech intelligibility and voice with Parkinson's disease, it is most successful when it's done early. Early before you have to not only deal with the technology, but when you have less symptoms overall of your Parkinson's disease. It's just so much easier to start early, get that initial training, and then do tune-ups as necessary. So we're coming to the end of this episode, and I want to wrap up by giving you a section about how to know when to speak to your doctor. Are you maybe having some symptoms? So let's be very specific. I will be very specific. Let's start with speech changes. Speech changes, even though it's a significant symptom of Parkinson's, it's not usually the first sign to appear. Early symptoms more commonly involve motor skills, such as tremors, slowness of movement, muscle rigidity, and instability, whether that's your balance when you're standing or your balance when you're sitting. These motor symptoms often manifest before speech changes become noticeable. As Parkinson's disease progresses, individuals may experience changes in their speech, including softening of the voice, monotone pitch, slurred or mumbled speech, and they could have hesitation before speaking, just having a hard time even getting started. These speech changes typically occur as part of the disease progression and become, may become more evident after the initial motor symptoms have been identified. So I want to go into what are the five most common early signs and symptoms of Parkinson's. If you experience any of these, I highly encourage you speak to your primary care physician or the next physician that you see, the next one that's scheduled on your calendar. Because getting ahead of this, if I haven't kicked that horse enough in this episode, it is the most important thing because you can do something about it, right? If you know what you're up against, you can make plans and actions and get ahead of it. Here are the five most common early symptoms. Here are the five most common early signs and symptoms. Tremors or shaking. This often starts in a limb. A limb is your arm, it's your leg. That's a limb, that's our professional speech. It usually happens in the hand and fingers while at rest. There's what's called a pill rolling tremor, involving a back and forth rubbing of the thumb and forefinger. This is a classic Parkinson's sign. Number two, of movement. 
a noticeable slowdown in physical activity, making everyday tasks more time-consuming and difficult. Number three, rigidity. Muscle stiffness that incurs in any part of the body. Stiffness can be so severe that it limits the range of motion and causes pain. Postural instability is number four. Problems with balance and coordination, which may lead to a tendency to stumble or fall, typically appearing in the later stages. Changes in handwriting, this is number five. This is called micrographia. It's where the handwriting becomes smaller and more cramped than usual. Again, it's a change. Maybe you've always had small handwriting. Maybe you've always complained about your handwriting. We're talking about changes in handwriting. While these symptoms are the most often ones observed, experiencing them does not necessarily mean it's Parkinson's. So that's why you need to talk to your doctor. So let's recap what we talked about today. We went into the critical importance of early intervention in not only the physical part of Parkinson's disease, but also in speech therapy. It is so important to get ahead of it, to understand how we communicate, to start practicing and putting strategies into place, to be able to anticipate changes. Because if you do it early and you start putting some of these modifications into place, it's going to be much easier to continue to implement them as the disease progresses. Because until there is a cure, we have to manage symptoms because it will progress. Furthermore, we got into LSVT loud and speak out as two different speech pathology methods that a speech pathologist can be either certified or licensed in. You're certified in LSVT loud, you're licensed in speak out. Furthermore, we discussed some practical strategies, some tools and communication supports. We are here as providers. We are here to support communication and connection. Whether your person has Parkinson's disease, you know someone with Parkinson's disease, or you know someone with aphasia. It's about communication and connection. So I have a favor to ask of you. If you know someone with Parkinson's, maybe it's the daughter of someone who has Parkinson's. Maybe it's your Facebook friend from high school and they're talking about mom was just diagnosed with Parkinson's. Would you share this episode with them? These podcast episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and anywhere else audio podcasts can be found. Additionally, you can see them on my website, listenforlifeaphasiapodcast.com. And there you can see me, lucky you, you get to see me. But what's cool about it is there's a full transcription and you can download that transcription to get the takeaway points from this episode. And there were a lot of them. Also, I'm going to link in the show notes websites for some of the primary 
Parkinson's associations, where you can learn more about Parkinson's. You can learn about more facets of Parkinson's, things that you're interested in, the things you need to know now, and things you might need to know for the future. This will not be our only conversation about Parkinson's because this is something that we treat at my practice, Life Speech Pathology. So if you or your loved one are navigating the challenges of Parkinson's, you are not alone. There are professionals out there who can help you, but early is always better. We can help with specialized speech therapy, training with the family, communication partner training is how we refer to it with aphasia, but it's the same with Parkinson's. We have to be far more specific as speech pathologists in training everyone around that person who has Parkinson's, right? Because it's about setting up the environment for success. Thank you for joining us today. We are here because of you. You are not alone on this journey. Help us help you connect with us. Let us know your questions. If you are interested in pursuing a consultation, you can do so by booking that through our website, because ultimately it's about doing life. Take care until next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Listen for Life podcast. We hope you feel empowered and supported. Head over to listenforlifepodcast.com to see the show notes with links and information from today's episode. Do you have a topic, a resource to share, or a guest recommendation? Inquiring minds want to know. Let us know in the comments section. Wishing you a fabulous week.